The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Okay, no, hello, yes, no, hey, we're on, hey, hey, good morning, everyone in Facebook land. Facebook decided to hiccup on me, and everything was working until I hit the go live button a few minutes ago, and then it just got hung up in La La Land. Let's see, I need to, all right. All right, so we are here. I am Pastor Nelson. Everybody, please, hopefully you can find me now on Facebook. Hopefully Facebook is cooperating. Um, there we go. Yes. I'm just looking at my phone, and it says we're live. Just trying to confirm things such as that. I am Pastor Nelson, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. We are by the World's of Fun Water Tower next to the interstate. If you want to find us, you can check out our website, towerviewkc.com. Obviously, if you're on Facebook, you can find us on our Facebook page, Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri. And this morning's lesson, we are in the book of Proverbs still. So as we went through the book of Proverbs um, we, we are continuing through the book of Proverbs. We're not going through verse by verse. It's, it's more of a survey of the book of Proverbs. So I encourage you to, um, as you go through the book of Proverbs, to read all the chapters that we're missing. Okay, Don't just read what the lesson plan is or what I go over here on Sunday morning, but read the verses, in, the, the verses and chapters in between. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you provide. Help us as we take a few minutes to study your word, that your uh, love and, and your knowledge and your wisdom will permeate our minds, our bodies, our hearts, our souls, so that it will change us, to change the way we live, to change the way we think, to change our actions, to change our beliefs. We pray all this in your precious and holy name, Lord. Amen. All right. So we're here. Um, I am not seeing anybody has commented yet. Um, let's see. I'm, let me check my settings here. Um, okay. Nope. I want that. Okay. Now everything should be good. All right. So I thank you for watching. Like I said, we're in Proverbs. We've been in Proverbs for um, since the beginning of June. And as we went through Proverbs, we went through the first part of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. In Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, uh, King Solomon uses long poetic sections to describe things. To describe your motivations for seeking wisdom. To... Um, 
give you warnings and encouragement about why you should seek wisdom and why you should stay away from foolishness. He uses personifications about wisdom and the adulterous woman, uh, a generic adulterous woman, why you should stay true to God and true to your wife and, and not follow the adulteress. Good morning, Shirley. I am glad other people can see this. I was beginning to get worried. So thank you for your response. And so we've been looking at that. Once you get to chapter 10 of Proverbs, it says Solomon's Proverbs. And that's all it says. And then it goes on and it gives immediately gives a proverb. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son heartache to his mother. Which is similar to how he started all the way back in chapter 1, where he talked about the father and the mother. But now this section of Proverbs, as we go through, is, is very different in that the verses seemingly are not connected. That it's just one, each verse, and sometimes two verses together, make sayings, but the, the one verse doesn't necessarily connect to the previous verse. And so it's just a, and, and so it really goes back to what the name of the book is, Proverbs. A proverb is a short saying that gives you some insight, some wisdom. Sometimes it's funny. Uh, sometimes it's, it brings a tear to your eye because of the point that it brings out. And so we are there. That's where we're at in Proverbs. And so when after chapter 10, the, the nature of the wisdom and how it's being taught to you is different. And as we go through Proverbs, realize that these Proverbs are not commands. All right, These are not like the Ten Commandments that says, Thus saith the Lord. These are, some things are, you know, insightful sayings. Some things are just observations that, um, that you see as you go through there. They're just observations about life and what you do. Some are more, okay, this is what you should do. And so as we go through here, kind of notice that. What are observations? What are more command-like? Are, what are more you know, things that say, okay, we need to take action with this. This is the way we'd go. And these are just, okay, that's just an observation. And, and be, even as the observations, sometimes we've got to be careful. And some of the observations as we go through this is, you know, um, and, and, and we, we can take out of context and say, hey, well, this is a command when it's only an observation. Um, so as, as we go through here, um, okay. And, and so, but we're in chapter 14. We're in the lesson plan. We're going through um, the Explore the Bible series that is published. And we're in lesson number seven. And in lesson number seven, we are in verses 14. I'm sorry for the sound. When I turn my head to read something, I turn away from this microphone right here. And when I turn towards the microphone, you can hear me better. So I try to keep turning toward the microphone, but sometimes I have to turn my head. So we're in chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 8. So I'm going to read chapter Proverbs chapter 14 and read verses 8 through 15. Good morning, Judy. And starting in verse 8, here's what the word of the Lord says. The sensible person's wisdom is to consider his way, but the stupidity of fools deceives them. Fools mock of making reparation, but there is goodwill among the upright. A good heart knows 
its own bitterness, its own bitterness, but no out and no outsider shares in its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end is the way to death. Even in laughter, a heart may be sad and joy may end in grief. The disloyal will one will get what he the disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves a good one what his deeds deserve the inexperienced one believes anything but the sensible watch, the sensible one watches his steps and so this is chap, proverbs chapter 14 verses 8 through 15 that i just read now why did we pick that selection like i said in proverbs it seems like all these verses aren't connected but in a way these verses are and it's like well why would verses 8 through 15 be connected remember when they wrote proverbs down proverbs was not written down with chapter numbers and verse numbers that it was added by people thousands of years later around a thousand years ago or so when we added verse numbers and chapter numbers to these so this was just you read Proverbs, it was just one big long text. And there there was no chapter numbers and verse numbers to segregate things and, and, and divide things for us. But now we have that. And so we have these verses and it's like, well, why did they pick these specific verses out? And, and one of the reasons they picked these specific verses out is because these are connected a little bit. So look at verse 8. So if you look at your lesson plan, if you have a, your lesson book, you'll notice that the verses aren't listed in an order. And so verse 8, it says, A sensible person's wisdom is to consider his ways, but the, the stupidity of fools deceives them. Verse 15, The inexperienced one believes anything, but the sensible one watches his steps. And so it talks about his ways and their steps and who's being deceived. And so those two verses kind of have a similar theme they're talking about our way our path the way we walk our lives and that this the foolish one is stupidity and it deceives them and in verse 15 it says the inexperienced one believes anything in verse 8 it says the sensible person's wisdom is to consider his ways in verse 15 the sensible one watches his steps so you get your ways and your steps okay and so those two have a, a similar theme in the same way, when you look at verses 9 and 14, a fool mocks at making reparation. Right? What does it say in 14? A disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves. Okay, Reparations has to do with what you deserve. And then in verse 9, it continues, it says, But the, the, there is goodwill among the upright. In verse 14, the good one, will, the good, a good one, what his deeds deserve. Okay, so there's goodwill among the upright. Okay, you get what you deserve. Verse, look at verse ten and eleven. I'm, I'm as I'm doing. You know, I'm holding my fingers on both of these verses down so I don't lose my spot. And that's the same thing you can do with your Bible. And as I said, as you go through the lesson plan, you see this pattern. And right now I'm just going through the pattern. Then we'll go back and really discuss what what, what we're talking about here. Verse ten. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no outsider can share shares in its joys. Verse 13. Even in laughter, a heart will be sad, and a joy may end in grief. So verses 10 and 13 are talking about our emotions. 
the joy and the bitterness that we have and what's in our heart, the emotions that we have. So those two verses have a similar theme. Then the center two verses, verses 11 and 12. A house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. And so here, these two verses are talking about our path again, and they're going together, and that the, the righteous path will flourish, but the unrighteous path leads to destruction, or leads to death. And so we have these verses, and the way this goes, so we have the same theme at the beginning and the end, and then they go down. And um, theologian called this a chiastic uh, poem, a chiastic style. And it's like, why do we call it chiastic? Because it sounds better than ex-astic. X, as in the letter X. Okay, chi is a Greek letter. It's the first letter in the word Christ. And it looks, for English, what, like the X. And this is how theologians write it down. So if you have your lesson plan in the beginning, you see this. I'm going to try to do this. I practiced this. So uh, you see in the book the outline. And you see how they made the outline with the indents. A, B, C, D, D, C, B, A. And they say, and you say, well, why is that called chiastic? Why does they use the letter X to do that? Well, because it looks like the X when you design it that way. So if I do this, and I hold this back up, now you see the X there. And so the way they indent it is, is like half the letter X or the letter chi. And so it goes in and it comes back out. And this is a popular thing. If you see this in Scripture, um, it, it's, a, it's a proper way. Sometimes it's, this one they uses eight verses to do that. Sometimes they do it in less than eight verses. Um, and, and so that's how a way, it was a poetic way of tying a section of Scripture together when they, when the, when they wrote this. It was something they did consciously. I know that's kind of a, a long saying. And, and you know what? If you don't see it, you're okay. If you just take these as eight separate verses and they're all about wisdom, that's okay. You will still gain wisdom from this scripture. You are not losing anything if you don't see this, this chiastic uh, architecture of these verses. That's okay. That is just a way that the authors did it. And it's a way you can tie things together. It brings a little bit more out of Scripture. It doesn't mean if you don't see it, you're not smart. It doesn't mean if you don't see it, you're going to miss what the Scripture has to say to you. It just means it just means that, you know, that just adds some color to it. It's like the difference between watching a, black and white, a movie in black and white and a movie in color. The, the plot of the movie doesn't change any, but the details that you see changes things. And so that's what these verses are. It's a chiastic structure, and that's how the lesson plan goes through them. And so as we see, so the, the center two verses are the main point. So the main point of verses 11 and 12, that the house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. The way that seems right to a person, there is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. And so as you look at these verses and, and, and you see those two verses and you start working your way outward, you see how those other verses support that general theme 
of, of those two verses. And so we're going to go back out, and I'm going to start in verse 8, and we're going to go 8, 15, and we'll work our way back towards the inside there. So verse 8, the sensible person, person's wisdom is to consider his ways, but the stupidity of fools deceives them. Verse 15, the inexperienced one believes anything, but the sensible one watches his steps. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about shrewdness. That we need to be shrewd. We don't need to be naive and gullible. We need to be innocent, not doing things. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I got something in my eye. I, um, it's just bugging me a little bit. But we need to be shrewd. We, as, as Christians, we don't need to be ignorant of the world. We need to be innocent of the world. We need to understand the world's ways. It's like when you get emails. Do you understand which ones are scams and, and, and which ones aren't? When you get a message and it says, hey, you're related to this prince of Nigeria and he has some money for you, you know, don't buy, be naive. You need to be shrewd and understand that that's a scam, that you aren't related to anybody from Nigeria. And, or, you know, you get out, well, I'm this Christian in India and, and I need some, you know, would you like to help our church? Uh, yeah, okay. But they can't even spell church right or Christ right. And, and yeah, no, no. Um, and they just happen to email you um, or send you a, a Facebook Messenger post. Um, we need to be shrewd about the ways of the world and understand what scams are. And so we don't get scammed. Sometimes it's for our money, but also it's for Christ and for the gospel. Just because there's a person on TV or on the radio or on a YouTube channel and they say they're a Christian and they appear to be reading the Bible doesn't mean they're preaching the truth. We need to be shrewd about what people are teaching. And so we, you need to listen to what they say and not just accept it as truth. That's what it says there in verse 15. The inexperienced ones believe anything. So don't just believe me because I'm here to say it and I said, well, I'm an associate pastor, therefore I must be right. No, I don't have to be right. You read the scripture for yourselves and make your own judgment and see if I am right. And check it with other scriptures. And do I agree with the book of Matthew with what I'm saying? Do I agree with the book of Genesis with what I am saying about this scripture? You need to check it out. Check out your pastors when he preaches. Read the sermon. Read his text. Look at his points. Do they go with the text? Or are you just using it as a text as an excuse to hit some uh, topic that he wanted to talk about? And so we need to be up to speed. We need to pray for the wisdom, not just God's wisdom, but the wisdom that we can keep ourselves from being destroyed and keep ourselves away from the path of sin. Just because somebody comes up to the street and offers you a couple hundred dollars to do something stupid, here, here's $200, go slap that guy over there. No, you don't have to do that. You don't have to believe it just to get 200 bucks. Um... And so we need, we need to be wise. We need to be shrewd because we're a sensible person. Godly people are sensible. We're not foolish. We watch our steps. We watch the way we go.
And so we need, you know, need to be smart on that. Just because somebody gives you $200, say, well, here's $200, stand on your head. Okay, I might do that because I can stand on my head. But I'm not wearing a dress, so that's okay. You know, um, if I was wearing a dress or a kilt, I wouldn't do that. That would be foolish. Um, You've got, got to be good, godly judges. In verses 9 and 14, verse 9 says, A fool mocks at making reparations. But there is goodwill among the upright. The, verse 14, the disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves and, and a good one what his deeds deserve. So verse 9, fools mock at making reparations. Now, reparations has been in the news a lot recently, and that's not the reparations it's talking about. It's not reparations for, for things like stealing. Okay, If you steal something, you need to make reparations for what you stole. If you break something, you need to make reparations for what you broke. If you lost something of somebody else's, you need to make reparations of what you what you lost for that person. Okay, that's what it's talking Because you get down to verse 14, it talks about getting what you deserve. A disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves. And like I said, when we say disloyal, the world abuses that word loyalty. Okay, we're talking about loyalty to God. Here, when we talk about wisdom and shrewdness, we're talking about loyalty and wisdom coming from God and loyalty to God and for godly reasons. So the disloyal one will get what his conduct deserves, the good one what his deeds deserve too. And so we're talking about what you're getting what you deserve from good conduct. Now, sometimes the world abuses this loyalty thing, right? Well, if you're loyal to me, you won't be a snitch. If you're loyal to me, you'll let me do this evil thing that I want to do, and you won't tell anybody about it. That's not loyalty to God. That's not what the loyal this loyalty is talking about. We're not talking about the loyalty that the mob has to one another. That's a false loyalty, because they don't have one. Because if you're the underling, you have to take the fall for, for, for the, you're, you're the one above you. You have to go to jail for the one above you. That's not loyalty. That's that's that that's that's foolishness. Okay? And this is talking about loyalty to God. Are you loyal to God? And because you're loyal to God, you're loyal to God's children, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when not for devious reasons, but for godly reasons. In China, it's illegal to have churches that aren't sponsored by the state. And to be have a church that's sponsored by the state, you, you, you the sermons must be approved every week by the by somebody from the from the government. And if you don't do that, uh, your church can be shut down. And many times the pastor is arrested, and it's and, and one of the things when they arrest them is give us the names of all your churchgoers. Loyalty to God says don't tell that, you know, don't tell that. Don't force them to all have to go to jail too or lose their jobs or lose their government benefits. That's different from being loyal to a to a criminal, somebody who's doing criminal activity. Being loyal to somebody who is abusing another person and you refuse to um um you know, turn in a person who is abusing another person. That's a di- being loyal to somebody over a sin is not being shrewd. It is not being wise. 
That's being foolish. Moving on, verses 10 and 13. It gets to our emotions. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no outsider shares its joy. Verse 13. Even in laughter a heart may be sad, and joy may end in grief. And so, our hearts are... Should we have joy in our hearts? Absolutely. But joy in our hearts doesn't mean that we are happy every day. We just had a funeral this week for one of our church members, a longtime member, one of the charter members of our congregation. And there's sadness in that. There's mourning in that, in that we lost a longtime member that did many things for this church over the years. Hasn't been able to do that for the past few years because of age and, and, and illness. And, and now that person is gone. And so there's sadness, but yet there is joy in our sadness because we know he's in a better place. That we know that he is being rewarded for his godliness that he's had for all, all these decades of serving God. And so we rejoice in that. And even in the midst of our sadness. And we rejoice in salvation. Praise God that God has saved me. But yet there's grief in that, knowing that those who do not follow Christ will be sentenced to hell. There is a judgment to come. In, in Revelation, it says John was given a, a, a scroll to eat. And he said when he ate it, it tasted sweet like honey. But after he swallowed it, it turned his stomach sour. And that is the way with the gospel. We rejoice in our salvation. But there's grief in knowing that those there are people around us, friends and, and family members that we know and we know for a life that have never accepted Christ and refused to. And you can't make them. You can't force somebody to accept Christ. They have to choose that. They have to choose to repent. And so there's joy among our sadness. And even on a day when the, you know there's maybe death and destruction around because something happens, a tornado, a natural disaster, or some criminal activity, we can still re rejoice because we know where your salvation is eternal. And sometimes we're just sad, we rejoice, and we know we have salvation, but this irrational depression and anxiety that we have in our hearts and our minds just brings us down. And, and God has built some of our brains that, that we have this irrational anxiety and this irrational depression, and it's hard. And we put on a happy face, but inside it hurts. And you've seen that in people. Some of the best comedians out there are... Um, str struggled with Ben Williams' recent that you know he he committed suicide, but yet he was one that made so many people laugh for such a long time. And unfortunately, I don't think he ever turned to Christ to to help conquer that, and it ended in death. And so, even as our emotions, and so we can't let our emotions drive us. We have emotions; they're God-given emotions. They have their place, but yet those emotions are part of the path and part of the things that we have to navigate in life. We have to be shrewd about because sometimes our emotions are irrational. 
Sometimes they don't match the situation. And, but yet we still have to make logical decisions to follow God. Following God should re- make us rejoice. It should be emotional. It should make us glad and rejoice. Sometimes it makes us sad and down when we think about the judgment of God. But when we realize it's doing it for the right reasons. God's reasons are right. And even if we don't understand it completely. And so that's where we get to the heart of the matter in verses 11 and 12. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Now, there's one of those wisdom saying, well, but but there's godly people who, you know, that are in the poorhouse, that are struggling to pay their bills, that don't have any nice things, and how are their house flourishing? Well, one, flourishing doesn't always mean just physical wealth. Okay, and if you're in America and you think you're poor, you need to look around at the rest of the world. Because there's a good portion of the world that doesn't have indoor plumbing and indoor hot water and air conditioning and furnaces to heat the house and windows that you can close. So even if you have a house where the windows don't close quite right, you still close better than some people's houses who don't even have windows in this world. You have running water, okay, and even and, and so and our water is clean in most cities. There's a few cities, and if it's not clean, it's not because of, of that you're poor. It's because of city mismanagement. And so, you know, so flourishing has, doesn't have anything to do with physical wealth necessarily. It has to do with the blessings that God's given you of salvation the blessings that God gives you of family and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what he gives you. And so we have to follow the ways of God because what does it say in verse 12? There is a way that seems right to a person, but in, but its end is the way to death. So we have to make sure our ways are not our own ways. We need to make sure we're grounded in the word of God so that we are following God's ways instead of our own ways. The way of the world seems right. I mean, it's like we're in the middle of the Midwest, okay? So you know, we're not anywhere near any big bodies of water. But if you watch, if you watch anything, and you see when there's a tsunami hits an area, one of the symptoms of a tsunami is just before the waves come in, the water recedes, and the bigger the tsunami, the farther the water recedes, and it could be a few minutes of water receding before this huge wave comes in or multiple waves come in. And and so that water receding and it draws people out because they see things that were used to be underwater now aren't underwater. And it's a very weird curiosity. And the way of the world is, hey, let's go check this out. But we got to be wise and thinking, wait a minute, what's going on here? There's something else going on. This is what happens before a tsunami hits. There's a huge wave coming. And if you're out there on that beach, you're going to be destroyed. And so the way of God, we see the end. We see the death and destruction. We see the judgment because we are grounded in Scripture. And so we need to be wise. We need to be shrewd of the ways of this world and not be deceived by every uh, passing trinket and passing fancy that goes along and every trend that happens. We need to be wiser and shrewder to that. 
and see that there's a different way that goes. We need to be wiser and shrewder and to understand that our emotions aren't always a, a, a description of reality. We need to be wise and, and make sure that we are helping other people get what they deserve, whether it's justice or, or you know, in the, in the criminal court system or, you know, just making sure people get what they, you know, being fair with our kids and, 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 and such. Everything that matters. Our classrooms, wherever we're at. And we make sure that we are sensible and following God's ways and not being foolish and just believing whatever happens. And so we see all these verses going together. We see that we have a path that we need to follow in order to be godly people. So as you read these, and, and like I said, if you read these verses and you don't see this pattern that I talked about, this weird chiastic thing with the X and the indent, don't worry about it. Read these verses, and they will point you in the right direction, whether you see that pattern or not. Each of these verses still points you in that direction. So I pray that God will continue to point you in the right direction. And if he is pointing you in the right direction, and you haven't followed him yet, you haven't followed Christian, are you, are you not getting rid of the sin in your life to be godly and following the path that God has laid out for you? To get rid of the death and destruction in your life. You need to change your ways. You need to start being sanctified. Being made more holy by getting rid of the sin in your life. And making godly decisions. And if you have never chosen to follow God. You need to start by repenting of that sin right now. Today. And start following God now. Because you are the mighty God. Because God is the mighty God. And we need to follow him. So I pray that you do that. So let's close in prayer. Lord God, you are the mighty God. We thank you and we praise you for all that you provide. Help us to be your servants in all that we do. Help us to give us wisdom and shrewdness to follow you in all that we do. Help us to avoid the foolishness of life. And we just pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Once again, I am Pastor Nelson at Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. Check out our website, towerviewkc.com, our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church. You can call us. You can text us at our church number, 816-368-1330. That's in the comments here. That You can see that. So thank you, Jeannie, for watching, and Judy, and Shirley, and I know others are watching out there um, so i appreciate you watching and listening and whether you watch this live um, or not i thank you for watching and thank you for listening um, anytime you watch this i pray that this has been helpful i pray that this has been a blessing and that god will continue to to bless your life and that god will continue to change your life and continue to change your life until you you go to be with him in glory we pray all this and we thank you for all this. So uh, thank you and God bless.